Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I'm Heather, and if you're new here, I... I'm super excited to have you. And today we're going to jump right in with Jamie Matthews. And before I bring on Jamie, she is an author of this amazing book. And I'm super excited to have this chat with her and for you guys to meet her. So Jamie Matthews is the author of Sunroofs and Shoeboxes, a collection of the little nuggets of wisdom she has found in the little things of everyday life. Educated as a journalist and a holistic health educator, Jamie has had an eclectic career path that gave her the toolkit to become a mother. The journey of writing Sunroofs and Shoeboxes prepared Jamie for motherhood and helped her find the little nuggets of happiness when she was in the throes of having twin newborns. Jamie, her husband, and their five children live on a farm in California. Please welcome Jamie Matthews to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. It's great to be here. I'm super excited to have you, and I love the name of your book. And before we jump into that, as you know, we do a a quick icebreaker question. So (laughs) Chaos and Cookies, right, is the name of the show. And so what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Mm. Well, I'm going to have to go with my favorite cookie because, um, I love sugar cookies with frosting and my kids love to make, uh, sugar cookies and then decorate them with glitter, which of course gets everywhere and all different color frosting, which gets in their teeth and it's, um, a mess, but they are the most delicious cookie. So that is by far my favorite cookie. Oh, that's awesome. I like sugar cookies when I make them for my kids. They like to decorate them. Of course, it's super messy, but then they don't eat them. They'll just eat the top. Oh, really? I I'm wish like, my kids had that problem. Eat the cookie. <laughs> Stop eating all the sugar that goes on top of it. There is sugar in that cookie. Yes. Yes. Oh, my, my kids just devour the whole thing. It's just, it's just a mess. So fun, especially with the holidays coming up. So you can make any yes. shape and size with cookies, right? Yes. For sure. Let's where do you, you, so where tell the audience where you live and a little bit about your background. You said you have five children and you live on a farm. Yes. So, uh, we live on a farm in the Bay area in California. Um, we are a blended family. So I, my husband and I have three kids together and I have two stepchildren. Um, my stepson is 16 and my stepdaughter's almost 14. And then I have, or we have twin girls who are almost eight and a son who's four. Ooh. So we have a large, a large range of children and attitudes and all of the amazingness and uh, frustration that goes along with that. Oh, I understand. And my oldest will be eight here in November. And then my other kids will be six and a half and four and a half in November. Cause they're all oh, yeah. 13s and 15s in their birthdays. So they literally mm-hmm. have birthdays on their whole birthdays, uh-huh. um, eight and four. I have one in the middle, right? So the dynamic is fun when you see those yes, two for sure. Yes. And we have uh, on our farm, it's, a, you know, we're not, we have like a, an acre and a half, but we have about 30, 30 animals. Um, oh, what kind of animals yes. do you have? Um, we have a horse. We have uh, one, two, six goats, um, 11 chickens, 
four cats, a dog, and what else do we have? Just um, one, huh? Just one dog? <laughs> just one dog. You know, we thought let's just go easy on the dog and get all the other other farm animals. I made this um, animal. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then my stepson has a fish and a a gecko. So, oh, yes. so they're included in that in that count. I like I love it. Yes. Yeah, you, you can't leave any of them out. I mean, you have to include them all. So my son actually just asked me the other night if we could get well, he asked me for a horse. I said, no, uh, I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, but he asked me no. for a hamster or a goldfish. And I was like, no hamster had one as a kid, gross, stinky, yes. more work for me, maybe a fish. Um, yes. so yeah, he was asking about it. Hamsters are also nocturnal. So unless it's in a different area of the house is awful. <laughs> Yeah, it's just going to spin on that wheel the yeah, whole time. All night long. Yeah, exactly. I think I even said that, uh, you have to clean the cage and they, they nip and he's like, Oh, that is true. Good thinking mm-hmm. mom. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. good. Talk to you out yeah. of that. Conversation. Yes. Yeah. That's my rule in the house is I don't want anything that I have to clean a cage or a tank. So my stepson does all his own stuff. Cause I said, if you want this, this is all on you. Cause I don't want to do cages or tanks. I'm off. No, that's a big no-go for me. So do you have a cat? Uh, four cats. Yes. But there's litter boxes or are they outside? They're outside. We have three, three barn cats and one other cat that lives right by the house, but, um, she's outside. Very cool. They, yes. Yeah. That sounds so fun. I've, I've always said, my mom always said I would always go live on a farm because I love animals, but I just, the work that goes into it, it in the early mornings, I'm not a morning person. So Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of work for sure. But so there is, it's, it's fun for the kids, but it is, it is a lot of work for sure. No question. That's cool, that's cool though. I think that that builds good work ethic and mm-hmm. compassion for kids as well and teaches them a lot though. Definitely caring for something other than themselves. I mean, it's, you know, at these ages, they can be all about them, you know, cause that's kind of their age and caring for another animal and having to feed them and having chores and cleaning up and things like that. And I do, I make all of my kids help out with that because it teaches them that life is not just about them. It's about, you know, taking care of other animals, other people. It's just all part of, you know, how you need to be in this world. And so why not teach them young and help out and the household too. Like you live in the house, so you contribute to the house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my kids are starting to learn that now. So it's a good age to start. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's jump in a little bit to like how your career path gave you the toolkits to, uh, transition smoothly into motherhood. Yes. So I have a pretty colorful, uh, background in terms of my career path. I, I, my background is journalism. That's what I graduated from. Um, but I ended up getting into the health and fitness industry and right out of college and kind of worked my way up in that. I was, I was with a large, um, fitness club in the Bay area and moved up to being wellness director. So at that time I was only 28 and really had no business being a director over anybody, but I oversaw lots and lots of personal trainers, nutrition, group exercise. Um, so I learned how to juggle personalities, schedules, um, working long hours, uh, very quickly, very quickly. And I, I always tended to have um, careers that like expected a lot from me and, you know, coming into motherhood, that is like all day, every day. I mean, that is your life as a mom, you know, um, yeah. you are, you are pulled in every direction and trying to meet everyone's needs. And 
that was just, you know, one of the careers um, that helped kind of start grooming that. Um, I went on to own a hair salon. I don't do hair, but uh, you don't want me to do your hair, but (laughs) you you don't. Yeah. But I did own one and that again, you know, colorful personalities, lots of different personality types, managing schedules, managing this. And it's just, um, it was all preparing me for motherhood. I had no idea why one day I was like, why do I own a hair salon? That makes no sense. There's nothing to do with anything that I was educated in or anything like that. But it makes sense now because of all the tools that I learned um, and from the different people that I learned them from, and I've been able to then translate them into becoming a step parent first, and then, a, you know, a mom of my own kids. So, um, cause there's a lot of personalities when you have kids, you know, whether they're your, even in your own kids, step kids, oh. your own kids, they're all yes. so different, <laughs> all so different. And so sometimes they're very similar too, which also creates some tension yes. and you have twins Are they boys, girls girls. They're both girls. Oh, bless yes. your soul. Bless yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and they're, you're very alike, but they're very different too. So that's fun. I have bookend boys. So my girl's in the middle and she's enough. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I have two very colorful personalities with my girls, but they're, yeah, they're amazing. Dude, the attitude. Oh yeah. Does it get better after six for girls? <sighs> you know, I would say like the sweet spot so far for me has been like four to even current. I mean, even now, like they're almost eight, they'll be eight in December and they so far, I mean, I get a little bit of tude, a little bit, um, especially for my one, because she really likes to play up. So she wants to be with like the older kids where mm. my other twin is like her age or even likes to like play down to for her younger brother. Um, so I get a little bit of tude from the the older by three minutes, uh, twin, but, but overall it's still that like sweet age that I just want to like put in a bottle and like never have them get any older. It's so amazing. Four is definitely the sweet spot. Three and a half is the worst age. I always tell everyone three and a half, like it's not three, it's three and a half is the worst age in the entire world. And when they hit four, it's so, so sweet. Totally. I could not agree with you more. Everyone said, Oh, the terrible twos, the twos were fine. I was like, no, the three majors are the little terrors. And it is, it's three and a half. It's like right it's at that half, half birthday, that oh. half birthday. Cause they go through that leap. And then as you inch closer to four, it gets slightly better, but man, all three of my kids, like when three and a half hit, I was like, this is terrible. They're mean. They're Mm -hmm. just not rational at all. Like there's, it's, it's crazy. It's like an alien takes over. Oh, I'm pretty sure it does. (laughs) 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 Well, you wrote an article for thrive global and you talked about staying on top of your kids' schedules while still working towards your own. So what tips do you have for listeners that do just that? Hmm. So I literally wrote that right after I had literally had that experience um, because I thought, you know what? I can't be the only person, the only mom that is, is dealing with this. You know, I mean, there's so many moms that are entrepreneurs and working and things like that. And so I thought, you know, this is, this is something that's relevant, you know, because I know that I needed tools. Um, my first, my first tip would be discipline is everything for me. Discipline is everything. And you have to be, when you really want to go after your goals and you're a mom and you run a household, 
you have to be really strategic and intentional with your time. And that for me was the biggest lesson of, you know, in that article, I talk about like, bring your laptop to soccer practice. And because every moment counts, like as a mom, you don't always get to go to your office and just plug in for eight hours a day. Like sometimes it's just the moments. Like, do I have 30 minutes to finish this for me? Like this article that I needed to finish or finish editing the book or whatever it is. It's, it's not, it's not looking for those huge blocks of times because sometimes you don't have those. Mm-hmm. It's getting strategic with that time and then using that time, like to the best of your ability. hundred percent. I always tell my clients to tell like with intention for sure. And it doesn't even have to be for business. It could be, uh, you know, I'm known for like laundry in my car during car pickup and I fold it while I sit there for 45 minutes waiting my turn while I sit in one spot, I could mm-hmm. work. I work a lot. And so it's like, I could work, but laundry is my nemesis. And I have to sit and do nothing at home when I do it anyway. And so I can listen to a podcast or I can, uh, read emails while I fold. So being super strategic with how you're going to you know, spend your time to get things done and also feel fulfilled. So it'll free you up too. So you can have that nice time with your kids that are you can go actually watch soccer practice for 10 minutes and not work the entire time. Exactly. Yes. And I actually, I side note, I absolutely love that idea of folding laundry. Um, I love that in the car. That sounds like that's brilliant. And then um, you give it to your kids when you get home, you're like, Hey, fold it close <laughs> on your way in, hang your backpacks up and go put them away. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I guess I'm mean, that's so, that is so true. I mean, it is, it's just being strategic and whatever that looks like. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's not that you're bringing your laptop to soccer. Maybe it's, you know, bring your laundry, <laughs> bring your laundry. I mean, you know what? Hey, you totally could. Um, but it is just being so, so strategic with your time and discipline. Like I get up 5am every day during the week. I let myself sleep in a little bit on Saturdays and Sundays, but 5am is my wake up time. And for me, that's, that's what works for me. I am a morning person. You that might not work for you. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> 5am is not my, no. yeah, but for me, it, it works great. And I get so much done. And so my day, by the time I do wake the kids up to get them ready for school, I've already been able to do so much of what I want to do because otherwise, as soon as they wake up, uh-uh, it's not happening. It's just not, you know, I have a friend that's like that out in California. She wakes up at five in the morning. She gets her, like her stuff in and she's good to go shower and all that. She always looks so put together. And then the kids get up for me. I'm a night owl. So I stay up too late, which is why also morning time doesn't really do well with me. But I I do, if I have to get up to go do something, I will, like I get up to take Mm -hmm. them to school every single day and I'll come home and work out after. So once I get, if I skip my workout and I go back to bed, I'm done for the day. Like there's no getting yes. back. So being intentional by getting dressed in my workout clothes to go take them to school. So I know I'm like, yes. well, I'm already dressed. There's really no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yoga pants are not near as comfortable as pajamas. You're not going to want to go crawl in the bed with your yoga pants on, it's especially with your control more... top and sucking oh, at gosh. you and you're like, Oh, this sports bras. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, just start your day. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. It's, it's, it's finding what works for you. You know, for me getting up early works great for some, it might be that once the kids go to bed, that's a great time. I mean, everyone is so different, but it's really tuning into those times that when are you the most, you know, when are you going to have the most, um, efficiency in whatever that you want to do, whether it's early morning, late night, or maybe it's in the middle of the day when the kids are at school and you have like two seconds to be at home 
and think for five seconds without getting snacks or doing dishes or laundry or, you know, all the other things that we do. Like your power hour, like where's your most productive time? Like if mornings are not your thing, like I find that my power hours like between like one and three Mm -hmm. and then six to seven for some reason just kicks it into gear. And that's just when I just start powering through stuff. Right. Yeah. So just knowing what that is and that doesn't look the same for everyone and that's okay. And it's really important to know that it's okay that like someone's power hour might be 5am and someone else might be 5pm. Yeah. And I talk a lot. I actually just, um, I just did another article that was just published, I think today actually, um, about mom guilt because mom guilt is so huge. And I think that ties into all of this as well is, you know, before you can even schedule that time or be really strategic with your time, if you're struggling with mom guilt, that has to go too, because otherwise you'll always have an excuse not to go chase after your own dreams. Cause you're just riddled with mom guilt. And I am so guilty of that for years where I was so guilty about anything that I did that wasn't about the kids. And that did nothing for me. It did nothing for me until I finally was able to get rid of it and know that me chasing after my dreams is also really healthy for them to see. hundred percent. I was just going to say like, it does them a disservice when you do have mom guilt, because you need to show them that if it's important to you, should be important to them and it shows them hard work and it gives them a really great model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the other part of it is like, well, they're not going to be in our house forever. I mean, what's, what's going to happen when they graduate and they're like, bye, you know, I'm off to college. And then I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I have nothing. What my whole life has been all about my kids. And not that that's not a bad thing, except when they go off to college and you're like, I have no life. And I have no goals or aspirations because I haven't even thought about myself in 18 years or however long. It's exactly what I tell and talk about all the time is you might want to start a business and maybe you don't have the time to really dive into it, to make it what you want. But eventually if everything goes well, like your kids are leaving. And so you want to have something when they leave. So you don't feel so empty you know, you want to be able to be like, yay, they're gone. And not like, oh man, now what? And then start because you just Mm -hmm. lost all of that time. If you knew you were going to do it now or do it or start working towards it. So then when you do get to that point, you don't feel like I wasted all this time. It's, oh, I got some leg room and leg work down. Now I'm like, I can really go in, you know, go. Definitely. You know, and I also, I sometimes I think about too, like what would my kids think, you know, do if, would my kids feel guilty going away to college feeling like, Oh my gosh, is mom going to be okay. You know, because by that age, like they're going to absolutely know whether I have been like, just all about them and nothing about me over the last 18 years. And I wonder like, does that create kind of a codependent relationship with them thinking, Oh my gosh, I, I want to go to college, but I'm kind of nervous that, you know, my oh. mom might fall apart, you know? I mean, I don't know. It's, I just, Interesting. those are things I've never that I really think about, thought about that, But that's a really good point. I've actually never really thought of it in that aspect of it. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if that's true, but you never know. I sure wouldn't want to put that burden on them. I know that. I definitely know that. If that, so if that mom is guilt right there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. See, it's counterintuitive. It's yes. counterintuitive. It's like, I did this because I had mom guilt and now I have mom guilt because I did that. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. It's, so not I'm a, productive. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> we all are, right? We all are. Yes. Yes. Well, so speaking of different, you know, different kids and going different places. So a lot of us have multiple kids and there are different activities. And sometimes it's the same time cross town. What's 
has found it, what would have you found helpful when trying to sync kids schedules throughout the year? Mm. That is, that's a tricky one. Um, I think the first thing that I always say is for myself, at least and my kids is, is they don't need to be in every sport. They don't need to be doing four different things at one time. And I see that, I see that a lot. And you know, that to each its own tweets, you know, if that works for one family, that's fine, but that, that doesn't work for our family. And so, um, I always tell the, the girls, especially my son, he's, you know, he's four and a half. So he isn't quite in, although I thought about putting him in soccer this year. And I thought, you know what? I remember when the girls did soccer around that age and literally all they cared about was the snacks. So I'm just going to keep him out for another year. And I'll just make him snacks at home. Um, because yeah, that would just we don't need to pay all that money. We don't need to pay for that. Time. <laughs> just for snacks. No, we don't. And you know, some of it is just a little bit of learning uh from experience and then really going, okay, what sport do you really want to do? Or whatever that is. It could be 4-H. I don't, I don't care what it is, but um, what sport do you want to do? Let's pick one, like at least one per season. Um, and then not pushing myself to like keep up with you know, everyone around me who's like, oh, well, I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, ballet and gymnastics and soccer. And, oh, now they're going to do cheerleading. Like that just is not, because also I want my kids to have some downtime too. Otherwise we're just like running around like crazy people. And that's not good for them either. I don't believe, at least for my kids, it's not good. Um, You're describing so, my childhood, <laughs> by the way, yeah. I was in yeah. um, soccer and then I played violin and then I also danced two types of dance, like point and ballet. And then I also had perfect attendance from kindergarten to senior year. So I was always doing schoolwork. So like I was always busy. And then when I got older, I was still doing dance and I was still doing orchestra. And then there was multiple orchestras because like I was at a high level and then I was on four soccer teams. So I was always busy, always busy on the weekends. And it was fun. I didn't know any better though. I didn't know any Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. than what I was doing. So looking at it now, it's like, Oh, like my kids are in martial arts. We just got them back in after COVID. My oldest wants to try another sport. I think he's going to be more of a chess player. I don't think he's very athletically sound, but Hey, maybe, maybe he's a really good swimmer. So maybe swimming, but that's very early mornings. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot. And a lot. I mean, I think any sport that your kids get into and do it well, will be a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, gymnastics sure. is a lot. I was in gymnastics, hated it, got out of it. Soccer a lot because of travel when you're at a, cause if you're going to, they're going to do a sport. Well, I guess not everybody has that goal of like excelling and being this like great athlete. Sometimes they just want to do it for activity and fun and social. So I think it just depends on the kid and the goals, mm-hmm. but for the yeah. most part, if you're athletic and you're really competitive, you want to be the best. So, it, you know, then you become kind of ingrained in that. And so like my youngest, he's a lefty. He's just good at everything. We want to put him in a baseball. He's four though. So, but I yeah. think he would really like it. Cause he's third born. He's just like one of those weird kids that are just good at everything, the music. So there's a couple of different things, but I want him to tell me what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. My daughter wants to go back to dance or she wants to ride horses, which she was doing before very expensive sport as well. Yes. And finding somewhere that is also appropriate for the age. So it's just gets tricky, but I'm also like you where I want them to have some downtime. I don't want them to be engulfed in sports, which means we will be too. And then you have to choose. And I live in Texas. So Texas 
weather super hot. Like I played soccer in that weather. Like now I'm like, I don't want to sit in it. Neither do I let's pick an indoor sport like baseball or basketball or, you know, hockey or something, which is also not popular here, but yeah, I am trying to do the opposite of getting them in too many things because I want them to excel at school too. Right. And right. It not be an afterthought mm-hmm. as well. Yes. And when you, you know, like right now, my girls are in gymnastics and soccer because gymnastics is ongoing and soccer just is seasonal. You know, this seasonal. And so, but they really want to do gymnastics and they really want to do soccer. So I said, okay, well, there is some overlap, but we'll do it. But I mean, just like today, my day is like, as soon as I get them, it is dressing in the car for two different sports, snacks in the car. I mean, it's mayhem. It's literally mayhem on Wednesdays. And that's just, and it's stressful for them and it's stressful for me. And I get, you know, I get stressed or uptight and that's not, that's not how I want to relate it to my kids. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't want them to be associated with like, well, yeah, I love playing sports. Mommy was a nightmare. You know, that's, that, I just do not want that memory for them, but that is sometimes how it happens because there's just too much going on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would go, I just remember I would go after school. If I was playing in like high school, I would get in my soccer gear and then I would go to orchestra practice and then in my soccer gear, and then I would have to pack up and go straight to soccer. And then after that soccer practice, I had to change my Jersey and get a different bag to go to a different soccer practice. So it, yeah. you know, it, it was, I had to prepare and then like, boom, boom, boom. Or I would come from, from practice and then go to soccer or orchestra practice. And then I stink right? Totally. <laughs> so, and poor, like everyone around me, I'm like, sorry, I changed and all that. But you know, if you're going hopping from one to the other, and then you go back, I would get home. So I'm eating on the run. I didn't yeah. get to eat like family time. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I'd come home and I'd eat by myself or have to do homework in the car. It was always go, go, which again, didn't know any better. So that was this way of life and it was fine. Right. But, you know, looking back, right. I'm like, God, I was always busy. I got up at right. five to get up early to do what I needed to do for school. And then I was in activities and typically in high school, like if you're mm-hmm. in activity, you're in a class with that activity because that's your practice yeah. time. That's right. You know, yeah, it's, it's so true. I mean, literally two weeks ago, I sent the girls, my husband actually took them that day and I literally forgot to pack them clothes for soccer. So they had to do soccer in their leotards from gymnastics. I mean, it's just like done that too, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, oh, well, but I was, I was like you, like I was involved in, in a lot of sports and always tournaments on the weekends. And I have to say like, myself as an adult, like I'm kind of that way. I have a really hard time having downtime, giving myself downtime, a really hard time relaxing and be like, Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do anything for the next two hours. Like that hardly ever happens in my life. And so it's, it's also like you're, we are kind of grooming our kids to how they're going to be as adults based on how we live our lives now. And, you know, my parents didn't know any different and I didn't know any different. And but I'm, I'm trying to be a little more intentional again, even with their time, like intentional with my time, intentional with their time too. Absolutely. And we just started martial arts and it's one day of the week in a weekday and then a weekend. And before we would do it during the week, we didn't really typically do things on the weekends. Uh, but now I kind of like having it on the weekends and it's a little later in the day because it gives them something to do instead of trying Mm -hmm. to create things for them to do. So there is a double-edged sword there where you have sports and this and that, but it also does give you some plans where you're just like, what are we going to do this weekend? Every weekend. And then you create things and then you're spending money anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And, and that's the other part of it is that um, it's, it's good for them to be in, in sports or activities. It teaches teamwork. And, it, and there's a lot of education that's in that as well. And discipline and and keeps them out of trouble. Absolutely. Like I want my kids. Yeah. I want my kids playing at least one sport, like all the way through high school. And, you know, they may not, they may end up not liking sports at all, but you know, they'll be doing something for sure. Activity of some sort, some sort. Yes. They don't have to do 10 things, but they're going to be doing at least one, at least like that's minimum for sure. Important. Or you go get a job. Or that, or that, and that's fine too. Like that's okay, totally fine. cool. Yeah, I'm good with that as well. You're right, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's dive in a little bit to sunroofs and shoeboxes. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? I'm super interested to hear more uh, on what got you there and the just the philosophy behind the book. Yeah. So sunroofs and shoeboxes really was born. Um, I actually wrote it over 10 years ago. So I wrote it before I was married with kids, uh, which is a really interesting perspective, you know, as I reread it before we published it, um, that, and it's actually on pre pre-release now that you can buy on Amazon. Um, but it is a journey for me. It was a journey for me to really find gratitude in the everyday things. And I think it really stemmed from really not finding a lot of joy and gratitude in my life at that time. You know, I was almost 30 or 30. I would think I was 30 when I wrote the book and I was very single. I mean, I didn't have a date on a Friday night. You know, my, my calendar was clear and uh, I didn't have kids. And at that time I thought like, I am so far behind. Like I thought I'd be married with kids years before that. And I wasn't, I was very single, you know, living with a roommate And so I really needed something to create hope in my life. And so I decided that I committed to writing every single day for six months. And I was committed to find something to be grateful for every single day. And the reasons why it's called sunroofs and shoeboxes is because two of the days that I write about are about the gratitude of a sunroof in your car that I don't know about anyone else, but I completely took for granted, um, until I was really yes. intentional about really <laughs> finding something. I mean, whoever thinks about their sunroof, but it's in there and there's something to be grateful for in, in a sunroof in your car. And, you know, if I was, you know, in marketing in the car world, I would say that everyone should have a sunroof and you'll, you'll know why in the book. Um, and same with shoe boxes, like who, who keeps their shoe boxes or you know, who even thinks about shoe boxes? I do. Yeah. I keep all yes. my shoe boxes actually. <laughs> yes. Do you really, do you keep like, your shoes really, in them? No, no, I don't keep, keep uh, them. really nice ones, but I keep them. I keep nice ones because I use them for storage or I use them. Mm. I mean, that's just me. I'm kind of weird like that. Uh, yeah, no, that's what I write it's about. It's a really actually. nice box. Like I'm like, I'm, any box actually, I'll keep a nice box. Yes. Yeah. And they come in handy and you'll, and in the book, it talks about why, and what was crazy about that journey. Um, so I'll back up really quick. So I wrote the book and then I literally, you know, figuratively speaking, shelved it for like 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, had kids, mom guilt. Oh, I can't take the time, blah, blah, blah. Until I finally was like this, this baby of mine has to be birthed. And, um, So, but when I was writing the book and writing each day, my life started changing and it wasn't because I got a new job or moved out of my, the house I was living in. It was, I truly believe it was because my mindset was focused on some, something good. 
And even on days where I did not want to think about anything good. And it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I still hadn't written my day. Um, I was forced to really set my intentions on what was happening. That was right in my life instead of what was not happening or what was happening in a timeline that I didn't like. And my life truly transformed after that during it. I mean, literally opportunities started coming my way and doors started opening new potentials, you know, came about and there was nothing else in my life that I was doing different except for really intentionally seeking gratitude and joy in my life. That was it. That was the only thing I was doing different. So amazing. Yeah. It's, it's a fun book. It's not like a book you need to read cover to cover. You can literally it's days. So every chapter, so to speak is a day as a story. So you can literally open it up and just read whatever day in whatever order you want. And, um, it's really meant to, to bring hope for, for people that might feel kind of stuck or feel like they just need a little more inspiration in their life or to see that we have the, we have the ability to, to change our lives by controlling this, our minds. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's hard to do, but it's pretty transformative when you do. Absolutely. I mean, that's very helpful. I, everyone's got their stuff and we always talk, you know, mindset, such a buzzword these days. Right. Um, and it's true and mind over matter and all the things, right. Um, and if your mind is strong, then everything else is all the cliches, but it's true because if you, I always say, if you want to, and I learned this too, waking up early and all those things, it's being proactive and not reactive. Because yes. if you start your day off reactive, then you're going to pretty much be playing catch up all day. But if you're mm-hmm. proactive, it's, you feel like you're more in control. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So it's like, I, I want to be the thermostat in my life and not the thermometer. You know, yeah. it's, I, I heard that recently. And I was like, that is like, I love that scene because it's true. Like I want to be the one that is setting the gauge for how my day is, but it's up to me to do that. You know, otherwise I'm just the thermos, the thermometer. That's just like, Oh, well it's 76 today. You know, I, I don't, I don't want it to do that. I want to be able to set the temperature of my day or my life. Um, and, and yeah, I agree that mindset is like, it's such a buzzword. And I actually don't really like using that word all that much. Um, cause it's so like, Oh, mindset. Um, yeah, but it is, there is something about training our minds in how we want to live. And it can be the simplest things, like the simplest little things that, you know, if you have road rage, you know, looking at, looking at the car in front of you differently by just going, okay, well, what, what could be, what good could be coming out of this? You know, um, like I, one of the days I, I talked about bumper stickers because I was stuck in traffic and I was super annoyed and, um, you know, I'm just sitting there frustrated, but I'm like, being frustrated is not going to do anything good for me. Nothing. It's, this does nothing for me. And so I just started looking around at different cars and I just started reading people's bumper stickers. And there were some like really funny ones, you know, like you see these ones you are like, oh my gosh, or like the ones that have like the mom, like I'm my proud, you know, proud honor roll student or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, and I just started reading all these bumper stickers and it, it totally changed my day. And that frustration was gone because I was preoccupied with something else that was more, that was healthier for me. Right. Cause was, you I don't have you control know. over the person across, like uh, you don't have a, yeah. and the way that I would be reacting to it is what's going on in that car. Mm, like maybe yeah. they're 
having an argument over the phone, or maybe they're rushing to get their kid from school, Mm -hmm. or maybe they just had a really bad meeting at work and they're really distracted, like, or they're just a terrible driver. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all of those are very possible. (laughs) Could be a little bit of everything. And so going through the game of, "Hmm, I wonder what's wrong with them (laughs) and not wrong with me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. But there's always different ways that you can do. You could just switch the perspective really Mm -hmm. and not be angry, but look at it from a different lens. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about the book is all about looking at life with a different lens and hopefully a healthier lens. And that looking at life with that healthier lens then translates into healthier behaviors and thought processes and uh, ways of seeing the world. That's the hope. Um, so that it becomes a little bit more ingrained. So you don't have, so it becomes second nature, you know, so that when you are in the car, the next time that you do, you think, well, maybe that person's just having a really bad day. And that's why they're driving like a total maniac or, you know, instead of just being like, Oh, what a jerk. This person's just a total jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, a, not going through the assumption that's kind of knee jerk, but going to the more, um, what's the more positive, you know, reaction that could be, or the more positive outlook that could come from whatever situation that you're in. You're pretty much trying to recondition your brain and recondition your mindset. Yes, exactly. So no, it, it sounds like an incredible book and I can't wait for it to come out. Cause I think that everyone needs a little bit of sunroofs and stew boxes. I love the name. Thank you. Yeah. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, but yes. It's, I love um, me some alliteration. So uh, me too. can we talk a little bit more about where we can find it? Just so everyone knows if you're listening to this podcast that we are in October, uh, early October. So if you guys are doing, if you listen to this later, uh, just have a, have a, have a date in mind. <laughs> so yes. where's your book and how can we get it? And where can we find you? on social or website and all that. Yes. So, um, it's available at pre-sale right now. Um, so you can go on Amazon and type in some roofs and shoe boxes and you can order your pre-sale copy. Um, it's coming out in the next couple of weeks, so you'll be able to get it, um, before the holidays, which will be great because sometimes it could be very chaotic during the holidays. Um, so it's a good perspective for that time. It could be a really good gift as well. Um, stocking stuffer. Total stocking stuffer. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on social media, um, Instagram or, uh, Facebook. Um, my Instagram is Jamie Lee Matthews and my Instagram, I mean, my Facebook is, um, the sweet life.co. So sweet life co. So that's my website is the sweet life.co. And I have a lot of articles that I've written and published on there. And they usually, uh, they're all linked also to the other articles that I've published on thrive global and SAS magazine and other ones that are coming out. Um, so, you know, you can read, I, I, I write several articles a week, uh, lots and lots of articles, um, because I just, I love to, and I think that they can be helpful. Um, so you can, you can follow me there and, and link up to all the articles that I do publish and then, uh, definitely get your copy of Sunrips and Shoeboxes. I think it'll be a fun read. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, typically we bring in like alcohol or wine or we bring in hors d'oeuvres maybe for like, I don't know, Thanksgiving. You can always just bring a book because maybe you don't know if like they drink. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just a nice little light gift as well. And so I look forward to it coming out and we'll make sure that all of your information and links are 
linked in the show notes. So go to the show notes and go grab yourself a copy for pre-order. Or if it's after release and you're listening to this, go get yourself one too. So I really appreciate you being here and super excited to have you on the show. And I look forward to you know, speaking again at some point in the future. Yes, definitely. It's been such a treat. I, uh, I'm super grateful for you having me on the show. Oh no, it's my pleasure. And thank you listeners for listening to another episode of the chaos cookies podcast. Don't forget to go check out Jamie and her new book, uh, sunroofs and Shoeboxes. And I will catch you next time on the chaos and cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.